your walls in every land to keep this country free, y'all. Women, children, and men. Hello, welcome to Prince Track by Track. I'm your host, Darren. Today we're going to be talking about When Will We Be Paid from You Make My Sunshine, recorded 1999 to 2000 at Paisley Park and released on the 21st of December 2000. Uh, on the track, it is just Prince, uh, double track in his voice, triple track in his voice, so there's more than one Prince. Uh, this, of course, is a song that was originally sung by the Staple Singers, I think, in 1970. Um, although there's a lot of performances from 71, so obviously it was in the charts for quite a while, uh, written by William Stewart. Uh, it is, of course, the B-side for You Make My Sunshine, uh, released, I think, as a, a free digital um, download single um, on Prince's website at the time, which was mpgonlinelimited.com, which is literally probably one of the most unwieldy websites that Prince used. Um, <laughs> I mean, a couple of years later, it was just 3121.com. He kind of really streamlined that whole process. Um, a CD version was made available on the 10th of April 2001. Um, it charted okay, You Make My Sunshine. Obviously, I've already discussed that, um, you know, as, as part of uh, The Chocolate Invasion. Um, but along with um, You Make My Sunshine, this was considered for the album High, uh, which, of course, you know, never got released. And in the end, um, parts of it ended up as The Chocolate Invasion and uh, The Slaughterhouse. Um uh, the track is four minutes seven, and joining me to talk about today is Brandon Palomo. Hello, Brandon. Hello. Um, now, in terms of like a genre, um, I think like the Staples singles version is a kind of, I don't know, it's kind of closer to like a spiritual, and it's you know it's kind of protest song, but I guess because of the way the Staples singers sing, obviously they're gospel trained, so um, you know anything they sing ends up kind of sounding a bit more like a spiritual song than. Um, you know anything Prince does by himself um, but the Prince version is kind of more um, I would say of kind of like a, a rock protest song like there's a lot more kind of guitar in there um, and it's certainly a harder edge than, than you know the, what the Staple Singers version sounds like because the Staple Singers obviously you know they've got very sweet voices so you know and I think uh, I don't think it's Mavis that takes the lead line but it's one of the other singers who does and you know she has a kind of more gentler approach than Prince Prince is kind of uh, you know, he's kind of protesting a bit more than the staple singers are in their version of the song. Yeah, I think uh, with the time that it was released originally with the staple singers, it is a more energetic sort of civil rights anthem that you would probably sing if you were together at a march or something like that. Whereas uh, Prince's version is a whole lot more uh, bluesy, I think, and more dirge like. And uh, I, I don't know about pessimistic, but I think if you see from where American society has progressed as far as race relations from, you know, the two thousands from the sixties, it's kind of like, uh, not really much as has changed or, or, or progressed, I think. Yeah. It's, it's kind of odd. Cause if you think of like where, you know, America was in 1970, uh, with a corrupt idiot president <laughs> and <laughs> and if you think of where we are now i mean so completely different um but yeah to where we were in kind of like where america was in kind of like 99 2000 when prince was recording um i don't know actually it's really weird because you know as a as a kind of a child of the 90s or you know a child of the 80s but yeah. certainly a 90s kid um, you know, I'm the one who only remembers various things that are on the internet. Um, 
But yeah, like as a 90s kid, I kind of remember the 90s as being a fairly kind of peaceful and affluent and happy time. And like, you know, I, I feel like, you know, until the kind of dot-com bu bubble burst in 2000 and then obviously, you know, September 11th um, and then the election of George Bush. Like, I feel like everything was fairly kind of pleasant from roughly kind of like 1990 to 2000. Um, obviously, you know, the Berlin Wall came down and, you know, most of the kind of the, you know, the, the Iron Curtain fell and, you know, Russia kind of, you know, the Soviet Union split apart. Like, things were kind of, you know, there was a bit of kind of political upheaval, but most of the kind of, uh, if you think of most of the Eastern European kind of revolutions, they were mostly quite peaceful and mm. kind of dictators just kind of like left office without much protest, um, you know. And, and so it's kind of weird that Prince is resurrecting this kind of protest song, which in 1970 obviously felt a bit more, you know, things, you know, the Vietnam War and Richard Nixon and kind of everything felt a bit more kind of in the middle of an upheaval. Whereas in 1999, I would say that everything was fairly pleasant. And, you know, aside from Prince kind of getting into this contract dispute, you know, I think Prince's life was fairly okay. You know, he was, you know, I think he was a few years away from being divorced from Maite. So, <laughs> you know, he was he was doing okay. So I find it odd that he kind of comes out with this very kind of, um, I wouldn't say was angry, but certainly a harder kind of protest song than it would have been in 1970 well there you were know, some you know i think differences between the uh british and american sort of 90s experience whereas uh the thatcherism sort of ended and and, and you know then you have the 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 pop culture expressing itself as you know brit pop and that sort of stuff early on in the 90s and reaganism uh, progress all throughout the 80s and then you have George Bush as a continuation and uh, recession coming over uh, uh, continuing in the United States and you have more sort of grunge and rap uh, really uh, expressing the frustrations through pop culture here in America at least and it, it, it's I think it was a little bit darker over here for a longer period of time than it was in England until we started lightening up, I guess, with uh, attaching on to, you know, Britpop and uh, the uh, uh, Spice Girls and that sort of stuff and Britney Spears coming along and Backstreet Boys, our boy band uh, 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 reawakening. And yeah, I think as, as, as far as like the 90s goes, the late 90s, um, yeah, we were coming back. I think and and we we didn't know that uh that uh George Bush and 911 were coming back <laughs> around but I think I think um yeah I I think with uh when will we be paid a prince's version it 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 sort of has the you know the 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 spirit and talk of civil rights and reparations and also sort of his i think attitude toward the music industry that he has experienced up until that time and his uh dissolution with uh warner um in his artist period where that could be you know when will we be paid because i've been screwed over by my record company and being taken advantage of yeah i guess there is a little element that you could kind of read into prince taking these words and kind of applying them to his own situation at the time uh, obviously, you know, he, he was, I mean, he was fully extricated from his Warner's contract, but he wouldn't change his name back to Prince 
uh, for at least like another year yeah. and a half. So, you know, that was the point at which I think he was kind of done with the whole uh, dispute. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the refrain of when will we be paid for the work we've done does kind of apply to Prince's situation a little bit, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just I find it interesting that, you know, um, at a time where, you know, the I mean, America wasn't at war with people, you know, all of Eastern Europe was kind of fairly peacefully mm-hmm. progressing in terms of kind of being free. You know, the Soviet Union had kind of fallen apart, but that was a peaceful process as well. It's funny that Prince kind of decided to, you know, protest at this moment. Um, like if, if this had been like three years later. Um, and some of the stuff that he did on musicology has little hints of kind of like anti-George Bush stuff. Um, then I would have kind of understood a bit. I just find the placement of it to be a little bit odd. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, at the same time, Prince had, you know, obviously worked with Mavis Staples. He was a big fan of the Staples singers. So this may be a case to be made that he just covered this song because he just likes the Staples singers, which I can kind of understand. Um yeah, you know, this is obviously something that people would do. It's just kind of covering stuff. You know, also, um, you know, it's interesting that he says, "When will we be paid for the work we've done?" Because obviously, with this cover version, the Staple Singers would get some money, kind of coming back. So, you know, well, it depends on what know, their uh, what their royalties worked out. Where you know, it could have been the record yeah. company that was getting all the money, all the publishing, <laughs> which you know, back in the day, everybody signed over their publishing because they didn't know that the music would be used as theme songs in movies or there'd be streaming or mechanical rights, all that other sort of stuff. They're just like, yeah, just pay me for the recording session and you know, the publishing in perpetuity. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, uh, I don't care. And then yeah, getting screwed on that. I, I guess there probably is an element of that, but um, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of that, there is a, there's a touching story about um, Metallica did a bunch of cover versions so that um, I can't remember the name of the band now, but there was a, there was like a, a new a kind of British new wave heavy metal band that they did all cover versions for on um, on the mm-hmm. garage Inc. And they only did those cover versions because they knew that the the money they got for the publishing would end up kind of giving this guy money and then that could kind of like put him yeah. back on his feet. So they kind of did that as like a nice little thing for. So I don't think Prince is doing that here, but it is something that some artists have done in the past where they've covered a specific song because they knew that it would help someone out. In the sort of vein of when will we be paid too it, i think it has a lot to do with uh, it could have a lot to do with pretty much uh black america coming up with the pretty much almost whole of american music coming from you know blues turning into you know rock and roll and you know jazz being a, a pure american invention and you know hip-hop, R&B, becoming modern pop. Um, you know, I think country music is pretty much the only pure, yeah, yeah pureish <laughs> sort of like white invention. <laughs> but it's, 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 it's definitely furthered almost exclusively by white artists. And you have, you know, blues and rock being sort of unpalatable for modern artists. And, you know, I mean... Back in the uh, with the Public Enemies uh, cover of "Fight the Power," you know Elvis was a hero to most, but you know it wasn't anybody to the to the black community. And I think that uh, you know, sort of the black uh, creation and fostering of this art form that you know has pretty much left everybody behind. I mean, nobody cares about uh, Living Color or Fishbone or any other black artists uh that are still performing rock uh uh what is it unlocking the oh man i can't remember those kids names uh 
oh man, they 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 blew up real big uh, uh, just recently in the past couple of years, and they were playing like pretty heavy metal music, uh, unlocking the power, I think, something like that. Yeah. Damn it. I, hope. I, I um, mean, I think there's also something to be said with the fact that obviously this comes after um, Prince has worked with Spike Lee on Girl Six, mm-hmm. and obviously you know Prince was one of the people who contributed some of the money towards uh, Malcolm X so that that could be finished. Uh, when it mm-hmm. ran into budget problems. So, you know, this is kind of like a decade of Prince interacting with, um, you know, Spike Lee, who'd also directed, uh, you know, uh, the video for Money Don't Matter Tonight from Diamonds and Pearls. So, I, I, I mean, I don't think we can discount that idea that maybe, um, you know, I mean, he, he contributed a, a song to the Bamboozled soundtrack, which came out the year after this. So... Yeah. I think maybe there's a you know there's there's also you know Prince being a little bit more aware of kind of political issues uh, maybe than he had been in the eighties um, and certainly kind of maybe the kind of the black perspective on those so um, you know again I mean the, the, there is a video that's online of this that has kind of, it's kind of like a lyric video which uh, you know obviously mm-hmm. are the lowest form of um, of kind of musical <laughs> expression. Um, so, but it's interesting because it has certain images. So when it says stuff like, you know, um, uh, I think there's, I, I think, I think it's one of the verses where it's like, you know, the kind of, you know, we picked the cotton and laid the rainbow steel and worked our yeah. hands down to the bone at your lumber mill. You know, our women cooked all your food and washed all your clothes. You know, we worked this country from shore to shore. Like, that's you know that's kind of in 1970 I kind of understand that very stark political statement. Um, being couched in kind of like a gentler song whereas when prince is singing it he sound like he doesn't sound angry but certainly the point he's putting across is a lot clearer um than kind of the staple singles version of it which is a kind of gentler kind of expression and you know this kind of like i i mean something that i kind of like is in the bridge where prince is doing this kind of like um will we ever be proud of my country tis of thee like this kind of very sarcastic Mm -hmm. kind of delivery that he has um you know will we ever sing out loud sweet land of liberty like you know these are obviously someone else's lyrics but i think the way prince sells them kind of makes this kind of you know an interesting kind of cover version where you know the kind of the refrain of when will we be paid it kind of he kind of really kind of drives it home of of like this is the work that's been done you know when will they be paid and uh, you know kind of uh, that whole kind of 40 acres and a mule thing is, is something obviously that Spike Lee, you know, that's what he named his production company. <laughs> and I feel there's yeah. maybe a little bit, a bit of that hate is coming here with, through with Prince with, you know, this kind of, I want to know when will we be paid? Um, and it's worth saying as well, Prince kind of does this layering of his vocals as well. So um, he's kind of almost imitating the staple singers a little bit and having kind of himself as a backing vocalist and kind of, you know, as he's singing certain lines, he has other lines kind of overlapping over it. Um, it's kind of, it's a really, it's kind of a really nice production in terms of the vocals. Um, and then also, you know, the whole track is very kind of like guitar based, uh, which again, I think kind of hardens the track up a little bit and it makes it sound a little less kind of like gospely and a bit more yeah. you know, kind of hard edged. Although, I mean, you know, the point that's being expressed is very kind of simple, um, you know. And I, I mean, even there's even little kind of things in there like, you know, um, uh, you know, we fought in your wars, um, but every time we ask for pay or a loan, that's when everything seems to turn out wrong. <laughs> and yeah. like that, I, you know, we've been beat up, cold, named, shot and stoned. Like, 
you know, the very kind of real history that even in like, you know, in 1999, you know, how far were you, you know, was this the kind of whole civil rights movement, you know, in 1970, obviously it was, it was pretty much happening. Uh, but even in 1999, you're, it's less than 20 years after kind of like the majority of kind of the civil rights stuff was passed, um, you know, 20, 25 years. That's not, you know, f from now to 1999 is only 20 years ago. So it's still fairly close to kind of some very kind of fresh wounds, um, you know, f I guess from Prince's point of view, um, you know. Yeah, exactly. The I think in the beginning and the end of the song, it's bookended by this sort of twinkling, uh, almost sort of uh, wind chime sort of uh, sounds. I don't know if it's it's sort of like, makes the whole thing sort of seem like a dream like you know is a quality uh just a dream worth having you know is it is it ever going to happen is it something that you have to strive for all the time or it could also be you know the sound of you know change coins just sort of like dropping you know almost in a, in a metaphorical bucket that's that's never going to get filled um as far as as raising up the people who need to be raised up and not, you know, keeping the people who are on top always on top, which, you know, I think has a lot more to do with, uh, with, with true equality, at least in this country, well, probably every country, <laughs> um, you know, propping up, you know, keeping up, uh, inherited wealth, um, being, I think one of the, the, the things that, uh, you know, nobody else can, 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 can compete against if you're if you're starting from anywhere other than already at the top you you, you just can't catch up yeah um and i think that's obviously you know the kind of uh, that's one of the things when people talk about kind of like uh you know institutional racism it is it's not that people who are in a particular institute you know might be racist towards people it's that things have become so deeply ingrained over generations that it's almost impossible for people to kind of get on an equal footing yeah it's always been this way so why should it be any different and i mean yeah. that's even expressed in the song where you know uh it says all of our tears stumbled through this life for more than 300 years and it's kind of like in 1970 that statement was kind of you know true and i think i don't think you know there was another kind of like since that song was recorded i don't think we've had 40 more years of slavery but certainly i don't think the position has improved very much from 1970 to today um so kind of the sentiment still is uh, is the same um but uh, yeah i don't know i mean this is kind of like i don't know it's kind of like an oddity because prince kind of rarely did cover versions um but at the same time i think this is probably one of the only times where prince covered a song by people that he'd worked with yeah um so obviously the staple singers had been on a couple of tracks i think on graffiti bridge and you know obviously Mavis staples had, had done a, like a whole album that prince had produced so it's kind of interesting that prince is covering a song by someone that he's worked with uh, you know which is like i say i think this might be the only time where he does he's does that i mean you know he's covered like santana and various other people but he, he's never kind of worked with those people so mm -hmm. um you know even um i know when he did like a case of you um, you know, he desperately has, he spent most of his career wanting to do something with Joni Mitchell and she always kept turning him down. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a case of him covering someone that he wished he could work with, but you know, most of the times his cover versions weren't of, of people that he'd kind of done stuff with. So I think that's kind of interesting that he made that choice here. Um, I would say for myself, probably a, uh, out of five, I would say maybe 
uh, I don't know, I'm kind of hovering around like a four and a half, but I'll just round it down to a four, just a solid four out of five. Yeah, this uh, is you know, I, this is a four for me too. It's it's just the groove to it, the soul, the 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 feeling behind it. And you know, anytime you get Prince playing guitar and a and a and an awesome solo, it 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 always, at least for the the guitar player and me, it's it it sort of, you know, warms my heart. It's like, yeah, get out there, do it. <laughs> and this is obviously a song that Prince, you know, loved playing because he pretty much played it on every single tour from 1999 onwards, mm-hmm. um, all the way up until his very final show. Uh, the the very first song that he played on his final ever show on the 14th of April 2016 was When Will We Be Paid? Um, you know, so a kind of, a, you know, a great way to kind of start out a, a 95 minute set. <laughs> so, um, you know, which had no fewer than um, three encores. Um, so um, I finished with uh, Diamonds and Pearls, um, although that was part of the uh, Purple Rain coda that went on through both Beautiful Ones and Diamonds and Pearls. So that being the final ever song that he played was uh, a kind of Diamonds and Pearls mixed with Purple Rain. Mm-hmm. This, whole, this whole thing started out his final set was When Will We Be Paid? So clearly a song that Prince must have loved playing. Um, there are some versions that you can find if you search on YouTube for, of just him do from that kind of tour and the tour before it from the 2015-16 tour where it's just Prince and a piano and you know him kind of playing this song um, and it's kind of interesting because you know stripped down I think the song still kind of stands up even if it's just Prince and a piano uh, but then you know you've got Prince's wonderful voice and you've got you know uh, you know, a nice piano song. So, you know, it's 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 always gonna any any good song is always gonna hold up. You know, regardless of what the production sounds like. But I think this is, you know, this is a really well produced version of the song, um, and you know, clearly a song that Prince, you know, just loved as much as he loved a case of you, which he basically played for thirty years <laughs> on tour. So, you know, these are kind of two songs that he really enjoyed covering and just kept playing them over and over. Um, but yeah, from this from this point on to the end of his life, he pretty much played this song all the time. Um, which I can kind of I can kind of understand because I don't think the sentiment really changed that much over the kind of sixteen years that he was playing it live. Yeah. I think the sentiment was still there, uh, and I think it still kind of worked. Uh, particularly when you consider, you know, that America was in kind of two wars after kind of two thousand one and has been ever since. Oh yeah. So kind of you know the talk of war in the song kind of works with that as well. Oh yeah, and and, and two I think that um, like like I was uh, saying before with. Um, you know, black rock being sort of uh, pushed to the side in favor of white uh, rock too. I think it was, you know, around this time that uh, Eminem was becoming, you know, the biggest thing in rap and that was readily uh, accepted by white audiences and it was even played on on rock radio here in America and and alternative radio where it was kind of like you'd have Eminem and the Beastie Boys being played but you know you weren't having any other rap being played at the time you know and and it, it always struck me as sort of odd and you know racist of course but it and you know nowadays now too with the uh SoundCloud rappers and you know you just got white guys with uh, face tattoos who are like super popular and it's kind of like okay well what about you know everybody else who's still out there who's still uh 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 making rap and hip hop and stuff and and you know, it's it's you just have these guys post Malone, and I, I mean, I don't know, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of of them or listen to a lot of rap, but it seems that a lot of people 
are attaching on, especially younger white kids are attaching on to, you know, people who are more like them, uh, than, you know, the, the, the people who created it and who have been doing it, you know, at, uh, 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 extremely high level for the whole time as opposed to these people who are just sort of coming up. I mean, I, I think that's the thing about the song as well. Is it like the idea of, um, you know, kind of black artists or kind of black people not being paid for work when white people come along and basically do the same thing yeah. and get more money? You know, it's an evergreen topic. And I think that's probably the strength of the song. Um, you know, be interesting to see who would cover this today and, and kind of have the same impact with the, the message. Um, I don't think it would be Post Malone. No, <laughs> um, like that. You might um, maybe get Jay Z so, or something, maybe doing a doing a version like this. I don't know. He feel he feels too old and rich at this point. To, oh yeah, uh, kind of be able to sing this credibly. Well, he's got Beyonce there with him, kind of <laughs> trying to. Yeah, I mean, push him along. Yeah, I guess she's slightly younger and rich as well. Um, yeah. So anyway, I feel like we said about as much as we possibly can about uh, when we'll be paid. So let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Brandon? Uh, yes, I have a podcast, a Pearl Jam track by track podcast that I don't know where I got the idea to do that from. Uh, it's called the Better Band Podcast. You can find that on uh, listenupreno.com. Uh, that's the same place that uh, it's on Twitter too, at listenupreno. And personally, I am at brand ENP, which is the easiest way I can say Brandon P because I spell my name with an E and not an O. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track or on Twitter Prince Podcast. Or you can email us, not sure where you would, at Prince Track by Track at gmail.com. Thanks as well for being my guest here, Brandon. Oh, you're totally welcome. And otherwise, goodbye. I wanna know. I wanna know.